I'm Henry Lin. I'm Barnett Zittrain. Welcome to Better World. Better World is an exploration of badass people doing really good things. The more we know about this world, the better we can do in changing it. So welcome to Better World. There is an opportunity for urban development to be significantly more sustainable and significantly more affordable. We're going to talk today with Zach Ahrens of Metaprop about just what the future holds and some of the technologies that he is investing in to make the world a little bit better. Today we're examining what the world's urban populations will look like thanks to some really cool sustainability initiatives from some really cool people in real estate and prop tech. Dr. Zachary Ahrens. Thank you, Barnett. Although I'm not a doctor. What? Uh, yeah, I just play one at Columbia University. Zach Where did Aaron's we find is this the guy? founder of Metaprop, which is a real estate tech investment and accelerator. Thank you. I'm, I'm really thrilled to be here. Um, I'm thrilled to talk about three things here specifically that we are working on at Metaprop that we got cooking up that I thought the Better World audience would be interested in. Sick. Um, three main, main, main foci, if you will, for today. Let's say one is affordability, okay. housing affordability specifically. Okay. Note, I didn't say affordable housing, but right. we can get into that. I said housing affordability, okay. something we, we, we learned recently from, uh, from some friends of ours uh, over at Enterprise. Um, another thing is sustainability. Um, the big one. That's a big one. Yep. And the third is resiliency. And I'd like to talk about how all of those things relate to the broader real estate market. <laughs> Straws being one of the things that right. are not sustainable right. fundamentally. Yeah. I actually have a collab coming out with Supreme for Supreme Straws. That's sick. How much do they cost? Like a hundred bucks a pop? No, you yeah. can't actually buy them. Oh, that's <laughs> sick. That's sick. Oh, speaking of that, just before we start, I want to shout out to a creative agency called Ditch Planes, um, but they're not accepting new clients. That's right. So also, I think it's Little Planes. <sighs> it is Little Planes. <laughs> How many creative agencies are named after like streets or places in the Hamptons? There's 30,000. Only the ones I've started. Yeah, only, only, only these ones. But none of them accept new clients. That's correct. Um, so anyway, let's first talk about housing affordability. Do you, guys, do you guys want to talk about that? So what is housing affordability? Not affordable housing, correct? Affordable housing is a tiny piece of housing affordability. We are reaching a housing crisis in our nation's cities right now. Um, due to a number of factors. And part of what we're working on at Metaprop is how do we use technology to make housing more affordable for people? You Wait, have, so the crisis is it's too expensive? Too expensive. Okay. You have situations, for example, in the Bay Area where you have companies uh, like Facebook and Google who have said, we're going to step up and try and build our own housing for our employees because even our super well-paid employees, employees who are in the top 5% of overall earners, mm -hmm cannot afford to live in San Francisco, Jeez. in the city proper. So how do we accomplish that? Well, one way to accomplish housing affordability is through affordable housing. And by affordable housing, I mean programs that are typically established um, as public-private partnerships between right. affordable housing developers, um, market rate housing developers, and the government uh, and tax credit investors. Um, and affordable housing programs are excellent and they just don't create enough housing okay. at the velocity that we need in our cities. Right. So let's say, for example, right now in New York, 
um, you get a tax abatement when you do the 70-30. It used to be 80-20. So right. when you're building rental housing, you make 30% of it um, affordable. Uh, and that's great. And it creates thousands and thousands of units. The problem is we need millions, hundreds of thousands of units just in New York City alone right. of, of housing that is quote unquote affordable, whatever okay. that that sort of means to you. Right. Um, and we sort of define affordability as the ability for a person, a wage earner, middle class wage earner, mm -hmm. to be able to live in a city and not be so severely rent burdened that they are curtailed in other aspects of their life. Right. Like somebody who can, who, who, because they live in this city, has no money to do anything else. Right. Um, so how are we looking to solve that? One way at Metaprop that we look at housing affordability is through tech-enabled creative financial engineering. Okay. What do I mean by that? Um, there are many, many people for whom they want to buy a home, they want to build equity in a home, but they have trouble doing it because they can't get off the rental hamster wheel. Right. So we are looking to invest in creative technologies that are pioneering rent to own community models ah. um, within real estate development. So people can pay their rent every month, but then also bank enough money in some creative ways um, to eventually own a unit. Right. Uh, within a community, within a housing development. In some cases, we're seeing it being pioneered actually in mixed-use developments, right? right? So you own, you're like renting, and but you're building equity to ultimately own a piece of of the kibbutz, right. you know? Right. Uh, as right. Shout out to Ron Burrell right. there, doing <laughs> there great go. things in the massage space over in Tel Aviv. Right. Check it out. Is, um, it, is this being experimented with in New York City? Uh, yeah, it yeah. It would be challenging to do that here, no? No, there, there, there are there are firms looking at it uh, in New York City. It's being it's being done in in really pioneering areas. So areas like uh, you know Ridgewood, um, parts of Queens, you know parts of Brooklyn that are so deep into Brooklyn they're actually Queens, um, and uh, it's being done all across the country and really all across the world. Um, so that's one sort of financial engineering hack. The other is helping elderly people get equity out of their own homes, right? Which makes it more affordable for people to remain in their homes. So you don't have to, because what, 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 what happens, a lot of elders are becoming so severely rent burdened and they don't have the means, they don't have the money to, um, to earn. They're not out in the job market anymore. They're right. not wage earners. So if you can create a product that in a sort of non-predatory way enables seniors to get equity out of their own homes um, and sort of live the rest of their lives without having to worry and their kids don't have to worry about their care. How do they get equity out of the, their own homes that presumably they're renting? No, these are for seniors who own, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, so you're looking at, when we think about um, financial engineering as it relates to housing affordability, we think about a top-down and a bottom-up model, right? So you have two specific problems that you're solving for and you converge in the middle. So problem A is you have all these people who have immense equity built up in their own homes that they can't 
realize and they're not wage earners so right, they have because they're not wage earners they still right. have to live there exactly so that puts pressure on housing affordability right and then making it you know making housing less affordable and then so so the goal with that is unlocking that equity and right. getting that cash out right, right? and then so the you're other sensibly buying small pieces of a lot of equity of this class of people exactly and so that's the top-down approach then the bottom-up approach to the affordability is what I was talking about with the rent to own right model in the communities it's like allowing people who who want to own and are at this stage in their lives where you know they're starting families right to, um, to, buy in to actually slowly buy in right um, and then you know ultimately build wealth for their right. for their families so so that's sort of the, the financial side of how at Metaprop we're looking at tackling housing affordability. Um, we're also looking at construction processes. Okay. Uh, that's something we, we, we talk about uh, in the office pretty frequently. And there are many different things happening right now, all of which are very exciting, which are making uh, the construction of housing, whether that's vertical housing in cities yep. or whether it's um, single family detached housing, in suburbs and rural communities, mm -hmm. just making it much, much cheaper to build, right? And if it's much cheaper to build, then the savings should be passed on to the end consumer, whomever's buying a home or renting a home. Right. Uh, so so how, are we, how are we looking at that? Uh, there are advances right now that we're investing in in 3D printing technology, mm -hmm. where essentially you can bring a 3D printer onto a job site, print a home, um, stub in the utilities, uh, I'm obviously oversimplifying it. Have somebody move in. It's a fraction of the cost right. um, for traditional construction. Uh, innovations in in prefab and modular uh, constructions. You know, the, the the house gets built in the factory, gets put on the back of a truck. It, it arrives on the site. You pour the foundation. You stub in. You're good, right? That theoretically, although it hasn't quite proliferated yet at right. the, at the rate we want. That theoretically brings construction costs um, way, way down. Right. Uh, you also have a, a massive uh, influx of robotics right. into the industry. So we're looking at robots that can create uh, rebar cages for high-rise constructions. We're right. looking at uh, robots that, that can apply drywall. Uh, so affordability is actually one of the pillars and cornerstones of sustainability in the developing urban market because you're actually building, creating, and making something that is more carbon neutral, more efficient, less wasteful, less exhaust, less everything. Yeah, hopefully these construction processes will also be more sustainable um, and more resilient than, than, than current processes, absolutely. Yeah, so on the sustainability front, you know, you're, you're, you're making sure that uh, you are threading the needle right. between providing an immense level of sustainability right. and carbon neutrality with respect to emissions, right. with respect to how you circulate uh, heat and air right. uh, in the home, with respect to how you recycle water in the home. Right. But what you have to keep in mind is that you can't, you have to, there's a nexus between affordability and sustainability. And you can't spend too much just to make something sustainable if the compromise is you're making it not affordable, expensive, right. in my opinion. Um, and so if you're a public policymaker, you have to make really hard choices sometimes between, in our current world, in 2018, you have to make hard choices between how rigorous am I making my sustainability standards and how does that increase 
construction costs. So okay? the onus on the end consumer who is in some case financially independent is to start choosing more sustainable living spaces rather than some of these old things that are or is it less of a choice and it's just like a baseline of how you're approaching builds because it doesn't really matter if they know or not at the end of the day yeah i i think through technology we're going to be able to drive down the cost of making things sustainable to a level where they become affordable again let me give you an example so um, Millennium uh, in Boston, the Winthrop Center project, made a commitment to do Passive House, uh, which is this very rigorous sustainability standard. It originated in Germany. It was originally a, a concept for a single family detached house, mm -hmm. has now migrated into multifamily student housing, hotel, and, and with, in this particular case, office building. Mm -hmm. Um, in order to build a class A modern office building and make it passive house, you have to have triple glazed curtain wall, which makes your budget already very, very, very expensive, right? And you can afford to do that if you're doing a class A office building for a Fortune 500 tenant who can afford and, and whose employees want to be in an environment that's passive house and that's attractive to them culturally, right, for a, a, a recruiting tool and for a retention tool um but for affordable housing that doesn't work you can't triple glaze curtain wall for a project for senior affordable housing for example you have to make compromises um so that's sort of where no one has figured out that balance yet on the policy side but i'm hopeful that 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 will happen over the next few years and I'm also so this hopeful. this is a policy issue. It's not a consumer demand issue. It's a cost issue. It's a, yeah. I mean, the re, here's what the research shows on the commercial side. Tenants care a huge amount about being in a sustainable building. I'm in a lead platinum building. Uh, that's what my company. That's what we speak for. Right. We're right. corporate social responsibility, et cetera, et cetera. On the residential side, we've seen no evidence <laughs> that people are willing to pay a premium. On the Just rental side, for, the world, right. uh, for a lead gold rental building versus a lead silver rental building, or right. even something that's not uh, lead certified at all. Is this an education challenge? Do they not know the difference? Um, no, it, it's a. They don't. It doesn't impact their daily life. There's no incentive for it in in Europe. Uh, do companies get tax credits for occupying like lead certified or the equivalent type of buildings? Um, I don't know. I, I I would imagine there's there's definitely incentives uh, over there, especially in Germany, um, to do it. Uh, the Netherlands as well. I mean, they're very um, the most sustainable office building uh, until Winthrop Center is going to be built, which I think will be the most sustainable office building potentially in the world. The two most wow. sustainable office buildings in the world are the Edge mm -hmm. in uh, Amsterdam, uh -huh. um, which is a really cool development. They have this like underground aquifer. Um, are they healthier in, by and large? The sustainable buildings, do they have like cleaner air? Yeah, well, that's a whole other, that's a whole other. So this company, Delos Living, is, has pioneered this other thing called the Well Standard, which is becoming, um, and, and uh, it's becoming a, a, a new sort of layer beyond sustainability, uh, resiliency. We now have wellness in buildings. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're, they're measuring wow. 
how clean is the air, mm. how clean is the water, um, how physically fit is the design. So you get brownie points if you your architects design the building in a way that, that sort of leads people subliminally to take the stairs right. instead of the elevator. Um, I'm not an expert on that, but they are measuring for access to physical fitness and sort of physical fitness by design of the tenants within the building. Um, so it's really being pushed. Yeah, it's, 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 being, it's being pushed in Europe. You know, the other building I was going to mention is Bloomberg's new headquarters in London is out of control on a sustainability front. Um, so the buildings in the United States are just now catching up. The same developer who did the edge is actually partnering with Normandy. They're called OVG, I believe, out of, out of Holland. They're partnering with Normandy, which is a group here, and uh, to do Unilever's uh, uh, headquarters remodel in New Jersey. And that's going to be one of the most sustainable buildings in the world. The, what's uh, the impact of a sustainable building? So the difference between, what's the delta between the uh, building that's doing some good? Is there like a carbon measurement? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the I don't know the specific uh, uh, numbers, and it varies based on a, a, a huge amount of, of of factors, geographies, construction, etc. But but you know, built commercial buildings are some of the biggest uh, carbon emitting entities in the in the world. You know, right. along with cars. I mean, they're some of the biggest problems because they're just running all day right. and they're just spewing out you know um coolant chemicals yeah i mean and 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 there's really you know there's a limited it's not possible to get to total net zero with it but but there's a lot there's been a lot of innovation and 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 the consumer is driving is driving that on the commercial side which is which is really you know nice to see so i think instead of focusing on well why isn't this taking off on the residential side it's like let's celebrate that it's taking off um, on the commercial side and keep pushing the envelope on that because what, what the companies are seeing, right? Um, Deloitte, which is the, the, the company that, that, that selected the edge as its European corporate headquarters in Amsterdam, they are seeing, they did a case study on it, they are seeing significant uptick um, vis-a-vis their competitive set when it, when it, uh, with respect to recruiting and retention of top talent in Europe. So they're going out into the universities, into the business schools, they're recruiting and they're saying, do you want to work here in this like amazing, sustainable wonderland? Or do you want to work in this horrible, you know, environment that our competitors are, provi- are, are providing? And then it, it forces the competitors, you know, it's the hamster wheel, forces the competitors to to start, uh, you know, picking it up, like picking up their game. Right. And the developers are all about it because the developers just want to do what tenants want. Right. We, you know, developers are now looking at themselves as um, providers of, of, of space as a service, right? The, WeWork has forced developers to um, think of themselves as like we, the, the tenant is now our customer and it's our job, just like it's Coca-Cola's job to deliver a soft drink to their right. customers. It's our job to deliver perfect, sustainable space to our customers. Right. Or Juice Press to deliver juice to their customers, which brings us to our first commercial break courtesy of Juice Press how uh, do you want to talk more about Juice Press Juice Press is the number one grab and go alternative for vegan products and juices with 83 locations principally on the eastern seaboard Juice Press is our personal favorite juice I'm a uh, mother earth guy I heard you were a fucking genius guy though 
Mm. Yeah. Always. He needs his blueberries. I have a question about some of the affordability stuff that you were talking about. Is so is Metaprop actively looking for companies that are tackling those issues, or do you have a suite of companies that uh, already in the family, sort of speak, that are are working on these sort of things? Yeah, I would say we've we've invested in companies uh, already that are tackling some of these issues. Um, companies like Irene on the. Uh, home equity side for the the elderly as i mentioned companies like branch technologies out of tennessee doing the 3d printing stuff um i would say though an initiative of ours for 2019 is to start thinking about these three pillars of housing affordability sustainability and resiliency as right, it's not just uh fintech platforms you also have companies that are regulating the airflow in commercial buildings so that you have less waste. Right, exactly. So so focusing, so so really making it core to what we do as an organization. Um, how we tend to work at Metaprop is is we're opportunistic with how we do things. So so when we see something, when we see a trend emerging, we don't fight the trend because we want to do something else. We embrace the trend and, and we've been lucky enough over the past four years where like, where the trends have taken us have been pretty good. Like we're having, you know, we, we, we've, we've enjoyed that. So, so I would say it's starting to pop up as, as more, whatever that means, as more uh, of a thematic piece to like what, we, what our values are as a, as a company um, and how we want our, and we want our investments to reflect, you know, the values we have and, and we wanna, you know, we wanna well, do what well. What is resiliency? I don't think we touched on that. Uh, quite yet. Yeah. So uh, resiliency is uh, relates to climate change, right? And and you cannot, in the real estate community, ignore uh, the the facts uh, about um, what's going on to certain areas uh, of the world. And what do I mean by that? We have fundamental changes in how you look at um certain how certain places the infrastructure needs to be built so new york needs to be thought of more as a delta city for example than it's ever been thought of and right, i think we're doing here. a certain a, a, a good job with that here but there are other cities around the world that don't have the resources that new york does to fight the or at least abate or mitigate you know what's going to be an inevitability of day-to-day -day life in 20 years right so any technology that creates um a way for buildings to better withstand things like floods severe weather uh earthquakes tsunamis right. any technology that is enabling that we want a piece of it because we think that the market is just going to explode um, and we think it's going to be necessary in all of these uh, low-lying urban areas to change the way they think about protecting their physical infrastructure. And a big piece of their physical infrastructure are, is commercial and residential real estate. Right. And so we would be foolish from a, you know... A, what are the examples of some of the technologies here in resiliency that you've seen that you're in supporting? There, there are certain um, advancements in material sciences for example, that are uh, enabling uh, uh, better flood barriers, more, more um, flexible 
malleable, portable um, flood barriers, for example. That's one. There is a whole new trend toward rethinking the old-fashioned concrete mat slab foundation um, and creating new types of foundations physically that are more able to withstand things like severe wind and flood and things like that. So a lot of it is on the construction tech and facilities management tech side, but that's where we like to play. So right. as our scientific advisor, James Johnson would say, it's more about adaptation and less about mitigation in terms of the approach. T TBD, I mean, it's so early, I, I don't know. I don't know what what's what what I haven't seen a whole lot that yet that I would say is like investable from a venture capital standpoint. Well, um, the important thing to note is that your community is well ahead of this trending curve and is developing technologies and solutions for these problems now rather than when these problems become too difficult and too costly to deal with. Um Debatable. Are, are, are you they, don't think you're proactive enough? In no, space? I don't. More proactive than governments or less? I, I, look, I, I, think, I think everybody is doing their best. Well, not everybody. I mean, some people are flat out denying that it's even happening. But those, of, those people with sense in governments are, are doing their best. But, but, but no, N no one is prepared enough for, for the fundamental So you seem to have highlighted changes. three problems, which are you know, very apparent to me now. One is a policy problem on the voter level. So there's a lack of awareness about policy shifts that need to occur. The second is a lack of education in, uh, on the corporate and commercial level, which is something that we influence as well because we're choosing the places that we work or signing up for what we accept. So there's a number of things that you've noted that corporations can do. And it seems that we can have a better voice within our jobs and within our communities about what some of those corporations do. The third, um, on this uh, resiliency topic, I, I don't see a clear, first off, I didn't even know that we were planning for the floods yet that New York is going to undergo. I didn't even know that we were thinking more about things like, I mean, half of California is basically on fire right now. Of course, we should be thinking about different types of materials that we build with and things that are more fire resilient and, um, and sustainable uh, as, as well as a balance. I mean, uh, but what, what I would like to drill down and get to after our second commercial break is really what you would suggest this individual consumer can do as basic steps, both for their education and uh, as well as for, um, for their action. Um, I'd also like to note just a, a, a shout out to your wonderful team. Um, I did some uh, research and you guys uh, are participating in a number of different companies that uh, even one of them, uh, Airlight, is a, uh, is a paint that uh, cleans uh, the air in, in interiors by refracting the sun uh, into energy that splits water molecules and apparently that, that cleans the air. Um, do you guys have an education resource yourself that can talk about some of these great companies and how you can um, uh, support them? I also want to talk about Amazon scandal or fucking awesome in Long Island City. Ooh, yeah, it's hot on my mind. Um, 
we have to thank the smile. There it is. As well as Shinola. Detroit. We're on air with Shinola Detroit. Uh, best chicken. Best probably chicken. in the tri-state area, if not the world. You can catch them on Bond Street. You can catch them at the Freehand Hotel. Hibiscus Iced Tea. Hibiscus Iced Tea and 55 Water Street in Dumbo. Yes. They also have a Pop-Tart okay. alternative, which is delicious. Strawberry? Yeah, have you tried? Smile FM. SmileRadio.fm. And SmileToGo.com. Thank you, Smile. Love you, Smile. Okay. So before we dig into the Amazon... Um, what are some of the education resources and some of the action items uh, that you would suggest for our listeners? How can they learn more and how can they get more involved and in what areas? Well, I'm just going around preaching the gospel. <laughs> and and this is where I'm starting, Better World, right? right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to just... I'm pretty sure you started long before this. Um, My favorite thing about Zach in the history of Zach, which goes back a fair amount of time. right? With me and you, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. So, is the book that you wrote about the Bowery. It's still one of my favorite things about you. I appreciate that. It's a great book. Which makes me think of you as like this preacher of like New York history and-, and Completely, and, an aficionado. Yeah, and New York, you know- the New York travel goat. New York got it on the early on. If you look at sort of 19th century New York and how they responded to their own uh, uh, challenges with respect to Urban planning. I mean, right. they 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 nailed quite a bit of it. They really they really had their act together. Um, so, so I appreciate that. What are some of the education pieces and action items you can think of for our consumer? It's tough. There's not a lot. I mean, uh, there's not a lot of people out there writing about it. There are folks, you know, uh, Richard Florida is a is a great thought leader in the space. Uh, Maria Popova, brain picker. She 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 has done good work on it uh in the past you know there's some publications i like you know um i was told you were doing some blogging these days i've actually i have writer's block these days i actually so i'm just doing the podcasting um but uh we're writing more and more blogs about it. i think my colleague leela collins wrote a blog post about these these very issues um you know we're hopefully gonna start working with some really exciting partners who, 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 who actually focus exclusively on, on these three areas and mm -hmm. seeing if we can do some, some joint ventures. Uh, just, you know, want to tease that. Can't say too much about it. But uh, we're going we're gonna to start getting more active, uh, you know, as best we can to, to start educating people. But, but no, I don't, I don't, there's no, there's no silver bullet there's no site to report, go. Right? Yeah, I mean... Look, Sounds like you should invest in that company. I mean, Treehugger has some content or used to, you know, but... Is there a, uh, a, a real estate firm or developer that is a leader in the space? Well, at OVG, that Dutch firm on the sustainability front, is certainly considered a, 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 a leader. Um, the first people to really care about it uh, in New York uh, at the large scale were, were the Durst's. Um, they're, they're, all their stuff is, is very, very sustainable. Um, you know, on the on the known for building really cheap and making their housing affordable, no one yet, just because it's been right. so hard. Um, and then there's certainly legendary affordable housing developers uh, in in New York City, whether that's you know L and M or Phipps, or I mean, there's a lot of right. people doing who've been doing really really good work for for decades. So on a policy side, there's no proposals. There's no way that we can support more sustainable construction development 
No, there is. There, 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 there are. There, it's complicated. Um, there are ways to do it. It it involves um, buy-in uh, from the unions um, to uh, to do it. Um, you know, there, there, when with the with the increase in automation and the whole the robots are coming thing. You know, it's gonna it's gonna take um, a joint effort from labor business and government to come together and figure out how this is going to work, but how we can change some antiquated processes that are just antiquated because um, they, the, the, the people's heels are too dug in to, to, uh, to move right now because there's no incentive. It's interesting to me that the, the point earlier about Deloitte and how they have benefited on the recruition recruiting and no retention. i like recruition recruition yeah <laughs> it you get one be. word one word a cat a cast you it know? should be a word i also haven't had a coffee yet today but i am on elysium ah there we are <laughs> might as well be conversation. um also brought to you by elysium <laughs> um in the same way that they're benefiting on a brand level from that or a human resources level i it's Interesting to me that there isn't a developer that does con, uh, residential real estate that is known to consumers to be better. You know, like that's yeah, a right. Brand where's, issue. where's the consumer in reports the same way, on that, right? Yeah, in the same way that people like want to have Casper owns the category of sleep. It's like why doesn't why isn't there a developer or a couple that own like better housing as a category? Better housing, the real better housing. My better world. <laughs> I mean, we're looking to move, and so if there was that option, I'm. Is know, this a think tank? Out. Feels like it. <laughs> I think I'm a walking think tank. You are a walking think tank. You are a walking K hole. All right, let's talk about Amazon. You. <laughs> this Elysium is strong <laughs> stuff, my guy. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Um, well, well, yeah, let's close it out with Amazon. We'll do a quick recap for what our listeners can do. But what do you think? Scam. Scandal or fucking awesome for uh, Long Island City? First off, Bezos is fleecing us for a billion and change. I, I, what did I read? 1.52? For me, it's yeah. love-hate because so, I immediately was, I texted Matt and, and Lindsay from The Smile. And I was like, you guys better start looking problem. at locations in yeah, Long Island City. Do it. Get on it. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to wade into this political landmine thank you very thank much you. thank you That's do you correct. think i you think i fell out of a christmas tree there it is <laughs> and we nailed it ladies and gentlemen zach aaron's a metaprop please remember that your company can do more to be sustainable look to metaprop.org and soon better housing by better world because somebody's got to put this shit out there agreed i'm henry lynn i'm barnett zitron thanks for listening to better world